right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. that. You don't got time that. All right? Let's go. Break it. Break it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320-KLWN. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Adam Dravetta. I am Derek Johnson. This is KLWN. We've got KU basketball, at least we hope, we think, um, as of right now, scheduled to play Nevada at 7 o'clock pregame at 5.30, but you just you don't know. Uh, we've seen it. We we saw it with the Colorado game just uh, an hour or two before the game gets canceled. We saw it last night with KU women's basketball Here in, in Allen Field. Exactly, and that's a little scary because the KU women's basketball team uses. I, I don't think they use all of the same facilities, right? Like they have different locker rooms, and I don't know if they have different like weight rooms or, or stuff like that. But a lot of the same facilities they are using, the KU men's team is 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 using as well. Um, so I, I guess we'll wait and see, but we're expecting that um, to happen um, before we get into the game tonight and uh, the newly added game on Saturday. Though um, I think it'd be remiss to to not start the show without mentioning the fact that. John Madden passed away last night at the age of 85 years old. And, I mean, this is this is not hyperbole. You could make the argument that, that no individual person has more of an impact on a sport than John Madden did. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I yeah, I, I didn't go over all of sports last night, but I did say last night on Twitter that nobody had... Um, Nobody had a bigger. You could you could maybe, and I can't off the top of my head, but you could maybe find his equal in terms of somebody who made, uh, in terms of his amp- impact on the game of football. You're not finding his superior because no, they they don't exist. And yeah, if you go across the entire sports landscape, I just don't know if they exist. I mean, he truly had it. It it's not hyperbole to say mm-hmm. it was it, it was a. Michael Jordan esque the impact Michael Jordan had. Yeah. Now I would say a difference there is that basketball as a sport has gone worldwide, whereas American football um, has not as much. It's, it's growing popularity in Europe, but in in terms of in the United States, nobody had nobody. You, again, you'll we probably find you could find maybe some equals. Nobody had a bigger impact on their sport than John Madden did. It's amazing how many of us kids. Uh, do okay. By the time you started playing Madden, Derek, did they play when I my very first Madden game was '95, and the intro back then the intro to Madden was the intro music to because that was when he worked for Fox, and it was the da 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 that was the music for Madden, and there is, so I say that because there's an entire generation of kids who don't listen to that as the Fox. NFL music, they hear that as the Madden music. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's what's crazy. He transcended so many different things. The reason I say in sports, uh, Madden, I believe, is the highest selling, grossing video game. How many people um, who sports? don't care about, yeah, like who don't watch football, like nerds like you and I will watch 12 hours mm-hmm. of football on a Sunday. But how many people like who may, they may not even have a team. 
somebody in, I don't know, pick a city that doesn't have a team, Memphis, Orlando, mm-hmm. they don't even have a team to cheer for, but they, they play Madden. Yeah. So there's the impact there. There's the impact of his broadcasting, which I think is probably the biggest impact. I don't know. The video game's pretty big. Um, but his coaching career, too. I, I was looking at this last night. I, I don't think people realize, like, how great of a coach he was. He only coached for 10 years, and this is great. He coached from 33 to 42, right? We see so many guys coaching in their 60s, their 70s, whatnot. He coached 33 to 42, just 10 seasons. This is what he did in 10 seasons with the Oakland Raiders. 103-32 and seven. That is a 76% winning percentage. He also won the Super Bowl in 1976, a team that had just one loss all season long and won the Super Bowl. And they beat the Vikings that year. I think so. Um, no, it would have been the Vikings because they were in the same conference with the Steelers. Um, Oh, duh. just out of like pro rated to show you how impressive a 76% winning percentage is that in the equivalent of a 17 game season, which we had now, would equate to a thirteen and four season. Yeah, he would which have... means over a ten year period. Yeah, over a ten year period on average, his, 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 his average season was thir- would have been in in modern days. His average winning percentage was good enough for thirteen and four was on good average for the one seed on average on average. And his best season, they lost one game and won the world championship. <laughs> yeah, he had another year where they lost in, one game and they they lost in the Super Bowl in the uh, playoffs. Okay, so he had his best season was. I mean, people talk about the '85 Bears. The '85 Bears. Now Madden was coaching before the 16 game schedule, right? He was coaching in the 14 games. Or am I yeah, wrong? So, about yeah, so yeah, yeah. So for no, 14, but, for instance, he went the the year I'm talking about. They went 12 one and one in the 1969 season, which and every, was I mean, the year the, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And so you had, and the Chiefs beat the Raiders. Yes, that they year, did. I think to go to the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Um, so you know, the, the eighty-five Bears went fifteen and one. They lost one game all year, and they won the Super Bowl. Madden did that when he won his Super Bowl with the Raiders. I mean, they were that good. Yeah, thirteen. I mean, not that far away from an undefeated season. So unbelievable coach, unbelievable broadcaster. The moments with the the telecaster were always the best because it wasn't just like he was kind of the first guy at least that I remember using the telestrator, but also the the way that he did it, it, it was so impassioned and it wasn't just like football plays. He was used it to, to point things out that were kind of funny. Um, just to yeah, kind of share the was, broadcast. We shared one on, uh, when I filled in today for Joel on radio for grownups, we spent a lot of time talking about John Madden and we shared some clips. There's this, there was a clip. He, he loved, uh, the turducken which was part it was a, a a chicken inside of a duck inside of a turkey for Thanksgiving um and he used the telestrator to show the proper way to cut it and to slice it um there was one where i think Washington was playing the Cowboys and uh Troy they were they were joking Pat Summerall and Madden were joking cuz Troy Aikman had told him before the game he was trying to grow a beard mm-hmm. and uh Troy Aikman for all of his um talents of which there are many he is not talented at growing a beard i imagine still to this day he probably can't so he was pointing out like he basically had all this peach fuzz and then john madden used the telestrator to point out all the places he was missing facial hair yeah so you know he had and he he said so many things with such conviction and Mm -hmm. seriousness that it it made it funnier it did because he was talking you know he was you know the 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 seriousness seriousness with which he talked about Troy Aikman's beard and the te- and the tele- using the telestrator is the same tone he would have used 
to talk about a game-winning Super Bowl touchdown, you know, Super Bowl-winning touchdown, and and it, that it just added to what he could do. I mean, he knew a ton about the game, but also he was just so clever and, and fun. He I mean, really was. Fun is the biggest thing. I think yeah. sports, you know, we all, I, I know I'm guilty of it. Like, it's easy to forget how just the sports are supposed to be fun. Um, and he was, he made it, you learned a lot, but he made it fun. Larger than life human. I, I spent some time last night. They replayed the uh, John Madden documentary on, I think it was FS1. Recorded he got to watch that, it, watched by the it. Way. He, yeah, he did, and I, they show those clips. That was see, awesome. Did you see the story of of after he watched it? No. So he watched it with like his family, mm-hmm. um, and he. I can't. I wish I knew who, who. Wish I saw who tweeted this, but somebody tweeted out, and it was a reputable source. I, I just can't remember who it was. But after he watched his documentary, uh, he watched it with some family and friends. And it was kind of a close knit group. And then afterwards, he brought each and every person into a room individually to ask them what their favorite part of it was because he was so happy to talk about it. That's awesome. Larger than life human. Rest in peace, John Madden, I'm sure, in a uh, better place today. Um, So kind of moving on from that, as tough as it kind of is, uh, KU adds George Mason on Saturday onto their slate of scheduling. We already know they're playing Nevada tonight. At least that, again, is the plan. Um, it, it kind of works out from like a strength of schedule standpoint for what happened because you lose the Colorado game, you lose the Harvard game, you replace it with Nevada and George Mason. Well, if we're comparing Nevada to Colorado, Nevada Nevada is ranked 77th on Ken Palm. Colorado is 80th. Um, now, the Colorado one was on the road, so that makes it a little bit different there, but you're playing you know, about the same level of team, if not better, according to Ken Palm right now. Harvard on Ken Palm is ranked 171st, whereas George Mason is ranked 127th. So an increase in the game there. You strengthen your schedule, I guess, ever so slightly. It's kind of on the margins there for for what you're adding in those games. But as far as the game on Saturday against George Mason, uh, that's really interesting for a couple of reasons not just because it's a slightly better game than you were going to get, for instance, in Harvard. Um, They also, they upset like Maryland this year. But it's the tie of Kim English, the former Missouri player, outspoken Missouri player, very good Missouri player. And and, and it was good at riling up his fan base against Kansas. And he is the head coach of George Mason. And and we talked early this season when they had... I think he's going to be the next coach of Missouri. Exactly. I really When they had the upset over Maryland, it was like, oh, he might be the next coach at Missouri. And maybe this is a a precursor to what's about to happen. I mean, Conzo still is... I think Conzo comes back next year because his contract Mm -hmm. is so enormous. So that is, I think, the most interesting part of that game is just that tie right there. As far as tonight, Nevada is a team that can get up and down. They are top 20 in the country in average possession length offensively. They're a good offensive team. Um, shoot really well at the foul line. They avoid getting the ball stolen from them. They haven't shot great overall from two or three, but they do have one player who has the ability to any given night give you 30 or 40 points. That would be one Grant Sherfield. Sherfield uh, was he, he started his career at Wichita State, ended up going over to Nevada, who's Really, ever since um, Eric Musselman got there, has, has utilized the transfer portal really well. He's a beast. He's averaging 20 points, five rebounds, six and a half assists per game. And ever since, they had this other kid, A.J. Brahma, who transferred into the program 
from Robert Morris and a guy who at Robert Morris had averaged like 20 and 10 for a couple years. It just didn't work out, and um, he got like booted from the team. Since he got booted from the team, they've kind of gone on a a nice win streak. They were one and four. They've won their last five, including they beat George Mason, eighty eight to sixty nine. And in that game, uh, Grant Sherfield had thirty one points, six rebounds, six assists. Here are the point totals for Grant Sherfield over those last five games during their winning streak: thirty one, twenty three, twenty four, twenty eight, twenty four. Here are his rebound totals, 3, 6, 6, 8, 12, 2. Assist totals, 5, 6, 5, 10, 9, 4. He is a beast. He's going to fill up the stat sheet. And I think both from an offensive game, a team that gets up and down, they score a lot in transition. KU does the same. KU struggled a bit defensively in transition. When you add those two things, the style of play should be really fun. When you add in the fact that Grant Sherfield is one of the better players in the country, Ochag Baji, one of the better players in the country, I don't know that it's going to be an ultra-competitive game. The point spread's 17.5. Ken Palm has this as a 16-point game. But, boy, could this be a fun game. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It, it um, Although, I, you know, Self kind of takes these sort of things personally, and if his players take that on, they, they may. Although he's also had a, had a habit sometimes of just saying, all right, fine, your best player can score. If we give up, you know, 35 points to your best player, and the rest of your team only combines for twenty, then we're going to win that game. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not behind Self's eyes, so I don't know if that's what he'll do. But, but yeah, I mean, you get a chance to, to watch uh, some um, some talented players. Uh, you know, we we still it's still worthy of the discussion is Christian Brown at Ochai's level. But either way, you've got um, three All American type players, uh, one of which plays. You know, for a Mountain West team, not not a Big Twelve team, but still, he's shown out this year. Um, and I, I I think this is now. How does how, from what the box score might say? Mm-hmm. How does it look like he gets most of his points? So he um, is a guy who can get hot. He likes to shoot a lot of jump shots. Um, he sometimes shoots too many from the mid range. But he is a guy who can get really hot from three as well. Okay, um, so he's, he's a sh- more of a shooter. Yes, he 39% from three this year, 37% last year uh, at Nevada. Um, so good shooter, but he can also get to the rim. He's a really good foul shooter as well. Uh, 85% this year, 86% at the foul line last year. He just He kind of does it at every different level. A lot of this tells me, and this goes away a little bit from the Nevada game itself, but in general, you know, this and the George Mason, um, a lot of this tells me that Self, and, and I think a lot of great coaches are like this, um, I, I think Self is a very, he's really good at controlling the things he can control. And I, I don't know how he is at letting go of the things he can't control. He seems like he's capable of being a laid-back guy. But, I, I don't, you know, I, on, the out, on the outside anyway, he seems like he is. But it seems like he's, he does. He doesn't seem like the type to sit around and dwell on what sucks. He <laughs> goes, "Well, let's find a new opponent." You know, mm-hmm. he, like there's, um, he's constantly looking for solutions, and and I'm sure a lot of these coaches feel the same way that they're not they're not uh, dwelling on man. Well, we really wish we could play. Um, you know, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna practice more? You know, I don't know. I just I I appreciate that that these coaches are are finding solutions in the midst of, of um, really uncertain times. Yeah, they're, they're you have just, to be flexible. They're, yeah, they're, and they're laying down on, they can say, all right, well, I can't control that this team had COVID issues. 
Um, what I know right now is at this moment we don't. Let me call other schools who don't. And for the record, this is why things like coaches, why they go to the final, even the ones that aren't participating, why coaches go to the final four every year. Network, networking is a huge deal in any business. But networking and coaching is a big deal, not just because, well, I might get fired someday and I'm going to need to be an assistant coach for somebody. It's also a big deal because, you know, you don't ever plan for pandemics, but, reason, you know, there, there are going to be times where you need to be flexible, mm-hmm. um, and this is just another example. Yeah, no, very well said. So I'm sure Kim English and Bill Self, even though outwardly, you know, there's the KU-Missouri rivalry, um, you know, Bill Self obviously went was very exuberant after the win in Allen Fieldhouse. Kim English on Twitter was very good about riling up the Missouri fan base. Uh, but I'm sure as competitors, they probably clicked and connected during Kim English's time in the Big 12. I have no doubt that that's true. Yeah, probably. Um, so I'm sure we'll hear more about that game in the postgame tonight with the George Mason. But KU Nevada tonight, 7 o'clock, pregame 530 here on KLWN and our sister station, 105.9 KISS. We're going to talk with Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star coming up in about 20 minutes from right now. But coming up next, we'll let you listen in to some of what Ochai Baji had to say yesterday at media availability. This is RCST. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com. And we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Adam Dravetta, Derek Johnson on KLWN. It is that time on a Wednesday to be joined by Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star and KansasCity.com. So, Jesse, I've been asking all the guests we've had on this week. It is closing in on the end of the year of 2021. Do you have a favorite story or game or, I don't know, just anything that you either got to cover or write or read about in 2021? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, you know, the, the first thing that popped to mind, I know probably a little bit of recency bias here uh, on this one, but, you know, I think KU-Missouri was pretty cool. I'm glad it's back. I'm glad that those teams are playing, and I'm glad that the fans get to partake in that um, just because it's been gone for a while, and I think it was needed. And, um, it did not go away. The rivalry did not end when the two teams didn't play each other for nine years, so. Um, that was one. I think the more I think about it, obviously um, the craziness of KU Texas. I just remember I was in the press box for that one, and it looked like KU was going to win. They got that interception, and Texas's stadium was a little bit confusing to get down. So I, I I was trying to rush down so I could get video on the field, and as I was trying to get back into the stadium, it was really hard because the fans all were rushing out of the stadium at the same time. So I was, like, met with a crowd. And then, like, once I got back in, Texas had basically just scored another touchdown and was getting ready to. So people were either huddled around televisions in the concourse or were rushing back into where I was to try to watch the game again. But um, all of that happened with that. I mean, just so crazy. Uh, the, the two-point conversion, the win, the celebration, um, everything. Um, it was pretty wild. And, uh, now I think about it, I, I will, I'll keep this answer short from here on out, but I, mean, I guess we're in the same year that <laughs> Jeff Long was fired uh, and, mm. that, you know, Travis Scott was hired, right? So 
man, it, it has been kind of a nutty year. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely uh, definitely say that. Yeah, it has, and, and maybe, who knows, maybe there will be a, another uh, story added today with this KU-Nevada game. It, it's not necessarily a game that, I, I mean, the prognosticators are expecting to be a great game. I think I saw point spread is like 17 and a half. Ken Palm has it as a 16 point game. Um, and, and I don't want to spoil your quick scout because everybody should go read that uh, KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. But uh, one thing you mentioned in there is the transition game. Nevada's got a good transition game. KU has struggled in defensive transition. Meanwhile, we know that KU has a really good transition offense. So maybe the game won't be down to the wire, but with Grant Sherfield playing for Nevada. Who knows? Maybe if he gets hot, that could be the case. Uh, you could convince me this is going to be one of the more entertaining games to watch this season for KU basketball, or, or at least in, in the non-conference portion of the season here because of the fact that you have two teams that can get up and down, two teams that can, that can score in transition, two teams that have a star player that can get hot at any moment. Um, I, I kind of feel like tonight could be a uh, pretty entertaining game. And both teams... Um, especially, you know, Kansas hasn't played in a while. So kind of eager, anxious, uh, whatever you want to say to get out there. So I think that that's, um, I think you're right. You know, a lot of teams coming in here as underdogs, the game plan is always going to be, hey, make KU defend, uh, pass the ball around a little bit, make it longer in the shot clock, and then try to limit possessions. Try to make it so that Kansas doesn't get 75, 80 possessions and, and make this into a, a horse race that you can't win. But that's just not the way that Steve Alford plays. It's not the way that Nevada plays. So I agree with you. I don't, I don't think that either team right now is coming into this game saying, hey, let's slow this down. Let's, let's think of that as the best chance to win. I think Kansas wants to play fast. I think Nevada wants to play fast. So um, those typically make for more entertaining up-and-down type games. And um, we'll see if KU improves on the defensive end. But when we're talking to Stephen F. Austin, um, you know, if that continues, yeah, KU can give up some buckets in transition. We saw that. Uh, in, that, in that previous contest and them not getting back, especially in the first half and, and not being set. Some miscommunication, too, sometimes like when Remy Martin was attempting three in the corner, nobody was um, getting back as the point guard in his place, led some rounds. So I'm sure Bill Self addressed that in, in recent practices just because the tape was so glaring that that was a weakness for them. Um, but if it continues to be weakness, like we talked about, then Nevada's definitely a team that can take advantage of that. So I'm a, I'm a San Francisco Giants baseball fan, and, and one thing that has occurred over the past decade with the Giants, um, specifically on you know social media or message boards or whatever way that fans kind of interact online, is something called the Belt Wars. And what that is is in reference to Brandon Belt, the Giants' first baseman, who um, you know I, I think now it's it's shifted a little bit because I think more more people are starting to value more things like on base percentage and OPS, things like that, um, it, which would favor a guy like Brandon Belt. But for the longest time, it was yeah, but he has a 350 OBP, but he's hitting 230, and, and it created this this vast divisiveness uh, among fans that again was called the Belt Wars. Well, I feel like we are held heading that way with KU basketball with David McCormick. So I don't I don't know if we call it the War on Dave or the Dave Wars or maybe the McWarmack, but um, I, I think this is basically the new version of this with KU basketball with either talking about how he's playing, um, playing through him, that, that quote from Bill Self, his usage on the team. Um, I think all of that stuff is maybe at the forefront of arguments among Kansas fans. So would you like to make your case – 
I, I guess, pro-David McCormick. Would you consider yourself in, in the pro-David McCormick camp in the uh, whatever we want to call it, the McWarmack, I think is my favorite? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Um, so I, I think I'll start with this. Uh, you, you probably kind of know how I look at these situations, and I, I think probably one of the best things you can do is to be a person that, for one, is not afraid to admit when they're wrong, but also um, is strong-willed enough and confident in yourself enough to know that you can change your mind over time if you get more information. So, I guess, full disclosure, last year, about this time, I was fully in the David McCormick does not have to play for the team to be good camp because Jalen Wilson was playing the five. When they played that five-out ball, they were great offensively. They were run up and down the court. And Jalen Wilson was defending well enough and rebounding definitely well enough. And David's numbers were really bad. I mean, he was taking a lot of possessions, ending them, he was turning over too many times, had a poor um, field goal percentage, all those sorts of things. So I was definitely in camp then, like, hey, I think they can continue on with a five-out offense and, and play around Jalen. And we know how that turned out. Um, Bill Self stuck with David. He David delivered. Dave became a second-team All-Big 12 player, and obviously Katie won a bunch of games down the stretch because of the contributions that Dave gave them. He was much, much, much better statistically. This year, again, I, I just think it's a different circumstance because almost everything I look at when it comes to a um, individual or a lineup-based number or um, you know the advanced numbers out there that I really trust basically say that Dave is one of the most important players on this team. And the biggest reason for that is defensively. Um, KU isn't, uh, doesn't have a Jeff Withy, doesn't have a, you know, you know, guys at That's pretty obvious. They don't have that type of role protect on the back end. But Dave has gotten better. And not only that, what KU is playing to now, what they do like with their ball screen defense, I know it's been a little complicated here, but what they do kind of centers around them having a true big man in the game kind of anchoring in the lane. And that's best played when Dave is in there because Mitch really isn't that guy. And Zach Clements really isn't that guy. And J.J. Adams really isn't that guy. So you see um, that when Dave goes out early, like he did against Stephen F. Austin, it kind of throws off everything that KU has done because it's not what they practice. It's not what they think that they're going to be on the defensive end. So um, Dave's numbers offensively this year actually have been okay. I mean, he has a high usage, but his... His efficiency has been fine. He's been elite. He's, he's improved greatly on offensive rebounding, and that's something great that he can give this team because when other guys are fine up shots, if he can give them extra possession, that's really, really good. And then some of this stuff I feel like is going to change over time, like his free throw percentage has been bad. And I, 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 you just can't convince me for all of what Dave doesn't do well. I, I, you can't convince me he's not going to be a 75% free throw shooter from here on out because he's always been that. So I, I, I don't know. I think that's part of this where Dave. He just is so conscientious and uh, and maybe reads too much and, and thinks too much and just wants to do everything and maybe associate what he can do for the team with only scoring when um, if he could just accept, I'm going to go hard after the rebounds and be a great position defender and do the small things to help this team win and not worry about all the outside noise, I think he could be a better basketball player. But I think part of that is he's just too hard on himself. This Kansas team has been, if you look at the stats, much better when he's in the game rather than when he's not in the game. And I think that's just because of not only how they play it, but he has improved himself over time. He's become a defensive threat in there that other guys just aren't at that big man position. So, yeah, I'll be uh, Team Pro Dave at this moment. But it's not really even Team Pro Dave because, like I said, a year ago I wasn't at that point. It's it's looking at the numbers, looking at the stats, and saying, hey, so far this season, he has been a better team when Dave McCormick's been in the game. 
if I were to, I don't know, like, is there a world in your mind where you think at any point, because Davis is, it's never going to get to a point where Davis is just like not playing. I, I, you know, I've seen certain people say that, like, like you said, play Jalen Wilson at the five or do that. Like, we're never going to get to a point where David McCormick is just not playing. So we can, we can end it there. Um, but is there, is there a world you think this year where somebody does start to play maybe more minutes at the five to either take away minutes from Dave or to match Dave, whether that would be Mitch Lightfoot or KJ Adams, the guy who Bill Self has said is the best defender on our team uh, besides Dewan Harris or even a guy like Zach Clements. So I think this. Um, I think that Dave is at the point now with his inconsistency where Bill is probably having to look at all options because – Kind of like the Stephen Austin game. I mean, Cage is definitely the day to stay in there, and he couldn't because of fouls. And, and, and when you're unreliable, it's kind of it was a little bit of love and modesty. You know what I mean? Like, there's a certain point, and I'm sure Dave Moore wishes he had to say it now. But you know, when he's that, he's like, "Look, you, I'm not sure we can count on the guy." I mean, that's just that's just that's not being mean. It's just being honest. And so, uh, I think for Bill Self, when Dave, he basically. You know, hands him the keys to the interior, and it's just been up and down and up and down. You're not surely sure what Dave can get on a given night. It does force you to think in some creative way. So, what I think for Kansas is KJ Adams is a good defender, could be switchable. K could go in that direction, but if K is going to go in that direction, you want to practice it more. You know, you want to do things more to kind of set that up. So, that's an option. I also think KJ is pretty raw on the offensive end. So, uh, you could kind of be holding yourself back there if he's in the game, rather than with Dave. You know, he is a post presence. He does get double teamed every once in a while. He does, you know, he is able to score inside and, and use his muscle in there um, for certain plays that Bill Self loves to run. So that's option number one. You know, option number two is kind of what I argued at the beginning of last year, which was um, for Kansas, if you play Zach Clements, you're basically saying, okay, we all know KU's strength in this offense. We all know that the weakness is you like you're basically doubling down on your strength and then also doubling down on your weakness. You know what I mean? Like, Mike needs to gain some strength, and he gets pushed around in there, and people score too easily over him. But if you play him, you could really have a dynamite offense. I mean, he could be firing threes away. He could space the floor. All of a sudden, driving lanes are more open. Um, you know, things are more spaced out for guys like Remy Martin and Christian Brown and, and Ojai Baji. Already those guys are shooting really well from two, but they could be even better. Um, there's lots of ways, I guess is what I'm saying, to get to your team's particular ceiling. And it would be unorthodox for Bill Self to choose, uh, forget defense, I just want the number one offense in the nation. But that could be a potential path to KU just being better than what they are right now. So I'm not going to shrug it off. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen. What I will say is that I don't think that's the way that Bill Self wants to play. I don't think that's in his DNA. I think what's in his DNA is to have a good man who can score, have a good man paint angles, have a big man who's a little bit of a shot blocker, and have a big man do all the things that Dave has shown he can do over time, especially in the second half of last year, and have him do it again for this Kansas team. So um, there could be other options available. There could be other guys out there. I, I just think Dave hasn't quite found it yet, and right now, because of that, uh, Bill Self has had to look at all right, here's a fun one for you. More likely to be a KU All-American in the 2023-24 season, Zach Clements or Bobby Pettiford? Hmm. It's a 
I would probably say <laughs> our answer would be Pettiford because you've seen that player be an All-American at Kansas and their self. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that dude is Fred Mason. Uh, that dude is sort of Devontae Graham. We haven't seen a stretch five be that for Kansas. I mean, I guess Dieter Lawson was sort of that. Uh, he didn't yeah. shoot that many threes. But, um, you know, maybe I'm not giving that enough credit because Dieter Lawson is that Clemens. I, I mean, they're probably not that dissimilar if you look at them. So I'll say Pettiford because I, I, we've seen that point guard route a little bit more. But um, you're probably onto a good question there. Both those guys would be really good if they stick around Kansas and develop as a lot of guys do here in Lawrence. We're talking with Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star, KansasCity.com, AP poll voter Jesse Newell, and another edition of Kiss, Mary Kill. Last week, you kissed Xavier, married Texas Tech, and killed Virginia Tech. The list of all three is growing each and every day, each and every week. Uh, this week, Kiss, Mary Kill, Michigan State, Illinois, and Texas. Say again, Michigan State, Illinois, and Texas? Was yes. that the three? Correct. <sighs> Um, well, I'll marry Illinois. Um, it's funny, Illinois every single week, um, one of their beat writers talks about where they get ranked by certain AP poll voters. Uh, it's, it's the actual Illinois beat writer, and he bashes me weekly about how high <laughs> I put Illinois. So, uh, I guess I'm definitely married to them. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll kiss Michigan State. I mean, they've been probably better um, than... Uh, what people thought going into the season, and obviously the loss to Kansas, I mean, people on these parts probably don't think of them as, as good as they are, but they've had a pretty good run here and uh, off to a, a 10 and 2 start. And that means I will kill the last team um, that I already forgot. Give me a good two again. Texas. You killed Chris Paul. Oh, oh. I think Texas Tech is going to finish in front of Texas in the Big 12. Wow. And that is not something I thought I'd say a few months ago. Um, yeah, Chris Beard, uh, I think he's got some of his defensive stuff down. Obviously, he's, he's beloved um, and, and is great in front of the microphone, but some of the offensive stuff he does just has not worked, and they have not gotten it going there. So there's my bold prediction for you. I, I will say Texas Tech finishes above Texas in the Big Coast standings, and uh, like I said, that's not something I ever would have expected a couple months ago. Love it. All right, Jesse, before we let you go, one last thing with Adam. All right, Jesse, one last thing. What kind of vegetable would make the best weapon? <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm going with the first one that comes to mind. I think I actually have a good answer. Uh, I'm going with the cucumber. Um, I, I think that is definitely something that can be used in a, uh, you know, kind of a, a dagger-like motion. And not only that, uh, I would encourage everybody out there who wants to kill 10 minutes on YouTube to go search for <laughs> Cats and cucumbers. They're terrified uh, of them. <laughs> I, have, yeah, have you seen this? This is uh, something I did not know existed until my wife showed me about a month ago. Yeah, they're um, scared yeah, of them. But if you have a cat and you have fed them, um, the joke, if you want to be really mean to them, is to stick a cucumber right behind them. And then they turn around and they, I guess, in their nature over thousands of years, have seen that sort of item and thought that that is a snake. So they pounce away from that thing like it is a live snake. And everyone laughs because it is actually a cucumber. So my choice of um, vegetable weapon will be a cucumber. So it's, it's physical it and psychological it. warfare. Yeah, and especially if there's any cats or lions you got to go against, I, I've got a secret weapon. 
All right, there we go. I was thinking carrot because it looks like a, but it's it's not hard, so I don't know. Uh, but good choice there. That is Jesse Newell. Look out for him if he's ever got a cucumber in his hand. Uh, you can uh, also check out his work at the Kansas City Star, KansasCity.com. Jesse, thank you so much for the time as always, and uh, talk to you next year. All sounds good, yeah. If I've got a cucumber, protect your cats. Look out for him. <laughs> All right, that's Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star, KansasCity.com. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Adam Dravetta, Derek Johnson, one hour down. Early today, 5.30 is when we're out for coverage of KU Nevada pregame and then uh, tip-off at 7 o'clock. But it is a Wednesday at and you know what we do on Wednesdays at 4 o'clock. We do Around the World with Adam. So, Adam... Go ahead and kick this thing off. What is story numero uno? All right, let's start out in uh, England, a story that you would think would actually come from Australia. Uh, But this is a story of a giant millipede. As long as a car and weighing upwards of 50 kilograms, uh, they apparently once lived in northern England, according to this 326-million-year-old fossil. The fossil quote was found by a fluke, when a section of cliff fell at Hull Beach in Northumberland and was discovered by a former PhD student. Experts said in order to get so big, the creature must have found a nutrient-rich plant diet and may have even been predators feasting on other invertebrates or small amphibians. Uh, You guys can't see this, but Derek, check check the size of that millipede. Oh, my gosh. Wouldn't that that be terrifying? It's like a surfboard. Yeah, you could tell me that baby's still alive. And living in uh, like Thailand or Australia, Indonesia, places like that. So, um, I myself am terrified of places like Australia. So again, <laughs> you could. Uh, yeah, you would never like, want to go to Australia, would you? Oh God, no. No, See, even, I would love to go to Australia. Like, it, there's parts of it that interest me, and I'm a huge tennis fan, so mm-hmm. I love the Australian Open. I love. I have as a person who gets really kind of, I get the winter blues very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've looked at like baseball, you know, the NFL playoffs, college basketball, uh, baseball getting going with spring training, March Madness. These are all like the signs I take that we're coming out of winter each year. And the Australian Open is one of those. Um, and especially if you can get me on a year, this hasn't happened in a long time. Since like 09, I think, Federer and Nadal. If you can get me a year in which um, the uh, Australian Open finals take place on the exact same day as the Super Bowl. So I go to bed super okay. late after watching the Aussie Open. I go to bed at like 6 a.m. after the Aussie Open final, and then I kick awake and I'm ready to watch the Super Bowl. That's ideal. Um, so yeah, that, however, uh, was not found in Australia. It was a car-length millipede fossil, mind you. Fossil. Mm-hmm. Not the living thing. Oh, that was car-length? Holy cow. Yeah, they it looked big it was, on the picture. Yeah, but, they said yeah. about the length of a car and weighed about 50 kilograms. I have no idea how uh, about 100 50 pounds. Kilogram? Okay, about 100 pounds, uh, give or take. It's not. It's more than 100 pounds, but give or take. All right, next we're going to Oklahoma. You know, this is sad, Derek, because we had a story a few weeks ago. I think out of uh, Louisiana, where somebody stole a, a fun little. Uh, I think this was a flamingo. Yeah, a flamingo statue a outside stories. of a store. Stealing stuff. This one's sad. Somewhere in Oklahoma. Um, Store on Route 66 in Tulsa. I love Tulsa, by the way. Mm. To me, the, the on a side note, I think Tulsa is the most underrated city in the United States. Uh, an amazing live music scene. Home of a place called Kane's Ballroom, which is by far my favorite uh, my favorite uh, 
live uh, music venue in this entire part of the country. Uh, however, this uh, store had a uh, had a I can't pronounce the name, but it was a dinosaur statue uh, stolen from right out front of their of their store. Isn't that mean? Yeah, that's really mean. I don't know what like gets. It's got to be idiot teen. Like I just I hope it's idiot teenagers, because like at least then it's under it's not a, it's not you know it's not right, but at least then like like if you were the owner of that store, wouldn't you be way quicker to forgive if some. 15-year-old said, hey, I thought it was funny. It was on a dare. Here it is. Wouldn't you be more ready to forgive that than than like a 40-year-old going, I don't know what came over me, man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, that would have to be like a midlife crisis if you were like 40 years old. And you're yeah, like you're trying to recover that youth. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what's up with these people. They just steal these like weird items and then do they think there's going to be like a black market in their town that they can like sell this thing for a bunch of money? I don't think so. It's got yeah, it's got, that's why I think it's just got to be idiot kids who keep it in their room so then they can have friends over um and and be like, "Hey, you know, it, you check this out. This yeah, no, it's totally and uh, I'm the one who took it." Um Decapolis, D E C O Polis is the name of the store, Decapolis. Um, they've even got a, uh, it looks like a teenager. They do have security footage. Uh, again, you're not able to see that, uh, on the radio, but it, the, I don't even know how to pronounce that. I'm not even going to try it. It has a very scientific, um, name, this dinosaur, but you know what? Just return it. Mm-hmm. Just come up to him say, Hey, I was trying to impress my buddies. I thought it would be funny. It wasn't, it was stupid. I apologize. Here it is. I don't know. Um, At this point, you might be in too too deep, but that's a good um, point. You might have to just keep it. I I hope it's like a that. I actually, the more I think about it, I kind of hope it is like a forty year old guy who's having a midlife crisis and like he's like married, he has kids, and these kids have like no idea he did it, and it's just like hiding in the garage somewhere. They have like a tarp over it. Secret shame. And his wife comes into the garage one day and is like, she thinks he's having an affair, and it turns out no, no, honey, I'm not having. I'm not having an affair. Look, look, yeah. He pulls down the tongue. He's like, what the hell did you do? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> I'd rather you did have an affair, you loser. <laughs> Stealing stuff from in front of the storefronts. Um, all right, moving on. This out of China, courtesy of the UPI. McDonald's China confirmed the company is testing what inside their stores? Workers? Uh, COVID? I don't know. No, they're testing a new item, I should oh. say. It's an item. No, they're not giving out tests. They're 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 testing like, how customers here's your respond. happy meal instead of a toy enjoy a covid test no 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 there it's a it's a it's a new item that they're hoping customers uh get use out of um get use out of so it's not a food item no so is it a toy is it like a remember back toy? in the day when i don't know if you're old enough to remember this but there was a time back in the day where mcdonald's had like nintendo 64 setups in their restaurants mm-hmm. that you could play kids could play uh, McDonald's China confirmed the company is testing in-store exercise bikes. Oh! Apparently, they had to admit to it because somebody took a video. Uh, one of the rest, one of the locations that has the test exercise bikes, uh, a video was taken inside the restaurant and it, it went viral online. Um, so they had to admit to it and say, "Yes, we are indeed uh, testing this out." The video shows a woman sitting on the stationary bike while eating a hamburger at McDonald's. Oh, this and the is company so silly. confirmed the bikes have been installed as seats mm. at locations uh, in Shanghai, among other uh, Chinese cities. 
Uh, okay. McDonald's China said the bike seats are part of the company's, quote, upcycle for good initiative, which aims to promote sustainability. Yeah, I mean, like... I don't I, understand how that sustainability. Like, do they keep no. the lights going or what? Could you imagine that? What if this is just a, an energy thing? They're like, oh, no, we could lower our energy bill if we internalize some of our own yeah. energy. It's like hamsters on a hamster wheel, like creating a light bulb for you. Um, I, I understand what they're doing here. They're basically saying, hey, McDonald's is not good Oh, my for God, you. oh, my God, oh, my God. What? I didn't even read this next sentence. The company said the exercise bikes generate electricity that customers can use to oh, charge. That is wonderful. To charge their cell phones and other sure devices. Sure, it does. Yeah, <laughs> it charges the the griddle It charges in the, back. the whole store. <laughs> They're just putting people to slave labor <laughs> without knowing it. It's actually kind of genius. They're if claiming, you think about it. oh no, you use this exercise bike if you want to plug in your laptop, <laughs> yeah. or your phone or your iPad. But uh-huh. no, it's powering the fryer in the oh back. Oh my gosh, that is wonderful. So that's that's number one there, that this is a, a scam, this whole thing. Um, number two, again, I get the idea of what you're trying to do. McDonald's is not good for you, so you say, hey, but you can come in and get an exercise while you eat so you won't feel as bad about that thousand calories of, you know, uh, quarter pounder with cheese and large fries and whatever else that you ate. filet oh, fish Those apple um, pies are good, though. Yeah, and... So now if you just come in and you go on a bike for 15 minutes while you're eating. But here's the problem. Nobody in their right mind, even people who are like ultra healthy and do work out all the time and are in great shape and have a six pack or whatever it is. Nobody works out while they eat. Oh, I'm sure somebody does. Here's a story for you. That is um, insane. I heard a story from uh, Dick Vermeil once. Did you ever hear the story of what led him to really when he was coaching with the Eagles? About 16 years before he started with the Rams, he retired from coaching when he was with the Eagles. The story he told about what got him to realize he was burning the candle at both ends a little too much. Mm -hmm. This is an honest honest to God true story. He wasn't exercising while eating, but he was eating his lunch while using the bathroom. (laughs) So he was really had him coming and going. (laughs) That moment he realized, maybe I'm working a little too hard. Maybe I'm a little too press for time and I should relax a bit. Well, this should be a moment for you then. If, if you go to this place and you're like, hey, I need to work out while I eat. Think about just going for a jog after a big greasy meal and how gross you feel. Can you imagine how bad your stomach would hurt if you're charging an exercise bike while you're mowing down french fries and a Dr. Pepper? Yeah, this doesn't work. This is a terrible idea. This My is going to fail. My God, their soda's good though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh... But yeah, so I my question is, what about McDonald's open late at night? Like that's if it's a McDonald's open late at night, do you have to do you have to tell one of the workers, hey, our cash register's going down? That's how you'd find out it's not really for charging devices, yeah, for charging the whole store. Well, okay, if it, they say to a worker, hey, go hop on an exercise bike, our drive-through electricity ain't working. Well, this is this is how you you uh, exploit the exploiters. So they're trying to get you to get energy and, and electricity and stuff, and, and come in and eat and feel healthier and stuff. So you eat more there or eat there more often because you feel like you're burning calories while you're there. Just come in and forget having a gym membership. McDonald's is open 24 hours, just or a lot of places. Order like a open small late. water. No, you, you don't even have to order anything. You just go in. You just start biking. I'm, I'm sure they would make you order something. You think to so? Use, to use the bike. 
But even then, order an apple pie. Yeah, there you go. It's 89 order cents an ice or a cream buck or something. Yeah, 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 it's like 70 cents. You don't yeah. even have to eat it. Just And just hop on and go your own. And that's go your, your Imagine way. that. Like, you're like, hey, I'm going to the gym. Just go to McDonald's. And your legs look so huge and by the end of it. They're like, <laughs> wow, what are you even squatting a bunch? No, baby, McDonald's. McDonald's, baby. I've been riding the bike. <laughs> what, like the Tour de France? No, McDonald's. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to Manchester, New Hampshire, and a story courtesy of the AP. Well, football? Uh, what? You said Manchester and New uh, Hampshire. Oh, I thought you said Newcastle. No. Um, thanks for paying attention mm-hmm. to uh, my welcome. segment, though. Uh, New Hampshire. Um, that's a state in the United States. Mm, there, never heard of it. It's uh, right, right, p- partners right next to Vermont, mm. neighbors with Vermont. Not um, a state either. Two New Hampshire brothers have gotten their holiday regifting skills down to an art. How long they've they've got? I don't know if you remember these, but way back in the day, um, they looked like lifesavers, but they weren't lifesavers. But they were the same concept, and they looked like books. If you got them for Christmas, they looked like a storybook. But then you opened, and it wasn't actually a book. It was just a pack of these lifesaver-looking hard candies. No, here's a picture of it. Um, Doesn't give ring you a bell. Idea. Okay. So it, it, a lot of people my age or older would know what I'm talking about. It, it's cardboard, but it, it it's decorated to look like a book. And then you open it, and it's not a book. It's it's filled with these. Um, again, they're not lifesavers, but they look just life, like lifesavers. They're these candy rolls. Um, apparently a long time ago, one of, them got for, one of them got it for a gift and then gave it to the other the following year as a re-gift. How long do you think this re-gifting has been going on? Derek, you all listen. Well, Derek has the advantage of getting a look at this, how old this book is. Okay, at some point, like, I, I wonder if both of them caught on to the joke. Like, it, I, I have to think by now they, they are. So it's probably just ever since this started. I'm guessing it would. How old do you think that is? How long have they been passing this back 30 and forth? years. Were, oh, well done. 30 years. Over 30 years, mm. actually. It started in 1987 when Ryan Wasson gave a 10-roll Frankfurt Santa's Candy Book, Frankfurt is the name of the company, with assorted fruit flavors to his brother Eric as a joke for Christmas, knowing that Eric wouldn't like that kind of candy. I didn't eat them, Eric told WMUR-TV, and so the next year I thought, hey, I think I'm going to have to give it back to him. He'll never remember. (laughs) But Ryan immediately recognized it. I'm on to you, Eric. They've been taking turns ever since, keeping a log of their exchanges. They've gotten creative, creative about it. Ryan Wasson, no word on this is if this is the Wasson family like that makes the canola oil, mm. uh, told the station that the candy has been frozen in a block of ice, put in jello. Uh, at one time, he sewed it into a teddy bear. Uh, the tradition has also involved family members, co-workers, and even, if a, even a sheriff's department. Last year, it was presented to Ryan Wasson on a silver platter at a restaurant. This is nice. I like this story. No, this is a, this is a nice little Christmas tradition. I think... Uh, Everybody should have something like this. Everybody should have a uh, little fun thing that you can do. It doesn't have to be on Christmas, but it can be, you know, you know April what the Fool's prank with somebody or One something. One of them, like, like a few months before Christmas, needs to, like, lose, like sever contact with their family. This would take a, a sacrifice of a few months. Completely sacrifice, um, like, you know, and sever ties with your family. Fake your own death. And then still give it to them, have it wind mm. up at the door at Christmas. See, that's the long con. That's when it becomes real. If you can pull that off, then I, I think it ends there. You have to come up with something new. That would be kind of the exclamation point. 
That that might be yeah, that yeah. might be the winner. At what point do you declare a winner? That's the question. Mm. One of these, well, I mean, at like, that point, if somebody fakes their death, you know what I'm picturing? Like Some, Jason Bourne. Somebody walks into their house like for a New Year's Eve party and just sees it sitting there and going, "Oh my God, I love these little candies." They accidentally eat and them. They all. eat it. They're like, no! <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Her dog gets a hold of it. Did, right. you, did you ever hear the story about the uh, the 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 priest was in the lady's house and he had, saw this bowl of peanuts and. Started munching on him before he realized he'd eaten the whole bowl. He was really mm. embarrassed. He had to confess to the lady. He said, "Ma'am, I, I, over the course of like three minutes, I've eaten this whole bowl of peanuts. I'm very embarrassed." She said, "Father, don't worry about it. I don't even like peanuts. I just like sucking the chocolate off of them." Oh gosh, didn't need to hear that. That's Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Truck Sports Talk. That is around the world with Adam. More to come. We'll let you listen in to some Mitch Lightfoot audio. We've got to get to our Rock Chalk Pickahawk coming up as well. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com. And we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. All right, this is Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Adam Rivetta. I'm Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Our best memories, moments, whatever you want to call them, of the 2021 KU athletic season is down to the final four. We whittled it down to the Elite Eight last night. Um, got into the voting this morning, and now that's finalized into the Final Four. You can vote at RCST1320. And I would just like to say, Adam, congratulations to us because we are better than the NCAA Tournament Committee. We are great at seeding things. Good for us. All of the one seeds made the Final Four. I was uh, kind of surprised. I, I honestly thought um, Leipold being hired would beat the win over Texas in the Elite Eight. I did, too. the win probably doesn't happen without Leipold being hired. And I also thought Jeff Long getting fired would trump Travis Goff getting hired. I did too. I and I Now Goff getting hired is the positive story. It's a positive story, but yeah. You don't have that unless Jeff Long gets fired. So I thought that would be kind Which of I, a, I would argue Jeff Long getting fired is a very positive story as well. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I I will say right now I'm not going to tell you the results. Uh but I'll tell you once you vote, you can obviously see the results and I can tell you it's in both games, kind of an ass kicking. Yes, at the it last, is. last one I, I checked. Yeah, I'm a little surprised at that, too. But here are the uh, results from the Elite Eight. The self-rolling contract beat the KU-Mizzou game 59-41. The KU beating Texas beat hiring Lance Leipold 58-42. Travis Goff being hired beat Jeff Long getting fired. That was the closest one, 57-43. Mm. And then the widest margin, um, which this makes sense because it's just... It, it's like if you said... Um, would you rather have an Oreo or the knockoff Oreo? You're like, I'll, I'll, I'll take the Oreo um, because you have the volleyball win over Creighton to make the Sweet 16 or the volleyball win over Oregon in the first round of the NCAA yeah, the tournament. Creighton one. They're both great, but one is just objectively better than the other. Because later in the tournament, made it to a later round, it was a bigger upset, yeah. et cetera, et And that was 90 to 10. So, wow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've got uh, Bill Self once 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 again involved in a Final Four that involves all one seeds. Mm. Do you think that means he's going to win? Maybe. Is it uh, destiny? It could be. 
Yeah. I don't know. We don't know what the final what the final tally is going to be. <laughs> tally mm. is going to be for uh, for this uh, this round of voting. So yeah, those are all one seeds again. You can go vote for that at RCST thirteen twenty. Still uh, kind of chapped that I didn't even make it. Adam getting hired to Rock Chalk Sports Talk didn't even get didn't even get out of the first round. Yeah, but you had a tough matchup. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, the Jeff Long getting fired. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. I probably would have voted for that too. Yeah. Okay. Um, last time we did Rock Chalk Pick a Hawk because we didn't do it for. Well, no, the last we did time it we Colorado did it was for the Colorado and they didn't play game. a damn game. Exactly. So I am a little nervous about doing this here because if we do this again today and the game gets canceled again today, we're gonna I have think, to stop. Yeah, that's probably a sign. Because that was also the first time we did it with our own rules. Yeah, getting rid of Haney's rules. Do you think that's what it was? Do you think it was about the changing curse the rules? Haney? Could be. We'll find out tonight, though. Yeah. So, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna plan on doing this again. But if it if it the game gets canceled, that maybe that's just a sign that we should stop. But a reminder on the rules for Rock Chalk Pickahawk: we are gonna both uh, each choose four players, four of them, four of them, and uh, we changed up the scoring a little bit from when we first did it. The new scoring, instead of you losing points for every minute you played, because it just wound up that some of the best players in the game had negative scores or had just positive one point, whereas player who played garbage time played six minutes, missed three shots, but got three rebounds, ended up with more points than like Ochai Baji. So we changed it up. Points are worth one point. Rebounds and assists are worth two points. Steals and blocks are worth three points. Mm -hmm. And then missed shots, so missed field goals or free throws. Every missed free throw and every missed field goal is worth minus one. Turnovers are minus two. Did we say turnovers were minus two or were they minus one? I think we said minus two. Okay, yeah, because yeah. assists are worth two. So just basically one turnover, one assist cancels out. So that's our new scoring rules. I have the one win under my belt. You're looking for your first. It's only been one competition, though, so no need to fret. Tonight could be your night. Could be. I think I get to go first this time, Yes, too, you do. Because I you picked. Well, what do you want to do? Because you picked that's first right. last time, but there was no game. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave it up to I you. I honestly don't mind either way. All right. Uh, I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, so we're going to go back and forth. Snake draft. I'll go first. Adam will have second and third. I'll go fourth and and so on from there. We'll each come up with our teams. We still haven't really decided on what the winner at the end of the year gets or does not get. I don't know. Um, we'll figure something out. If you have any suggestions, hit us up at RCST thirteen twenty. Yeah, what should should there be the winner getting? Should it be something? a punishment or are they getting something? And I don't want to do something where it's like, like, I don't want to do something where it's one of two things. Either it is just a like I'm fine having it be a punishment, but I don't want it to be a punishment like oh you have to like I'm not eating something. Like what's gross. really bad, right? Yeah, I'm not it, it, make it make it you know. Right, make like eat it, a whole can of sardines. I don't know. Yeah, um, nothing like that. I don't want to do that. I also don't want to do something where it's like, oh, I have to buy you a a new car. You know, I'd be like, okay I don't want, with that. Well, yeah. Um, okay. So I have the first pick. We'll figure it out though. Mm -hmm. I, any any yeah. any suggestions you make on Twitter are just suggestions. That doesn't mean yeah. we're going to take them. I feel like the usual number one pick in these things is going to become Christian Brown. He just stuffs the stat sheet. O Ochai might be the better player overall, but like in terms of just on the stats, which is what this is, I think getting all those points for the rebounds and the assists and everything, I think Christian Brown's a home run number one pick for most games. The fact that um, I don't... 
I don't know how well Nevada is going to be able to defend him when he's playing at the four and they have one of their seven footers in at the four. Maybe that's a problem for Christian Brown when he's on defense. But guess what? I don't get marked negatively if he gives up a basket. But I think he's going to be able to have a big day. Maybe this is a game when he goes off from three. I'll take Christian Brown number one overall. I'm going to go Ochai, and I'm not going to leave much suspense here. I'm taking Remy with my second pick. Um, I think he stays hot. So Remy was I. Remy was going to be my number two pick actually tonight. Um, I mean Ochai, obviously it's it's very obvious why he probably should have gone number two, and and he did for you. Remy, for me, I, I would have him so high because of the fact that this is, I think, going to be a very high-tempo game, a game that is really won out in transition. And I think that in a game like that, Remy Martin would thrive, that he would have a lot of assists, that he would have a lot of easy buckets. So I like that pick a lot for you. I think this is going to be a big game um, for Remy Martin. So now I have back-to-back picks. You have we, Remy do we and each Ochai. get four or five? Four. Okay. I did. We did four so that we each get yeah, the yeah, equal yeah. amount of That's right. picks in a spot. Yep. Okay, um, man, there's two starters left. Should be Dewan and Dave. Jalen Wilson plays a lot of minutes off the bench. And then after that is usually where things get to be a, a bit more of a free-for-all. I'm not in love with picking David McCormick today because of the two big seven-footers for Nevada. They're also a good defensive rebounding team. So maybe not as many chances for an offensive rebound. But they're not. They don't really try at offensive rebounds. They send numbers back instead of crashing the glass. And Jim Beheim style. That could mean that Dave gobbles up more defensive rebounds. Possible. But again, I just I I don't love the matchup, especially if it's more up and down game. Maybe less half court sets. Maybe less opportunities for him to score. So I'm not going to go with him. And the other two guys I mentioned, Dewan Harris and Jalen Wilson. Well, Jalen thrives in transition. So I'm going to take Jalen Wilson. He had a good game the last time we saw him, which was a while ago. It was, what, a week and a half ago against Stephen F. Austin? Was yeah. it longer than that, almost had, two weeks yeah. ago? It was um, It was a Saturday night yeah. game is all I know. Almost two weeks ago, about 10 days ago. I think it was when you um, were out of town. Yeah, it was. Um, so Jalen Wilson, I think, builds off that. The 18th. Has a good performance. They've had some time off here, so maybe more time for him to, to get comfortable playing with the rest of teammates in, in practice or whatnot. And because of that transition game, I think he thrives in that setting I'll take Jalen Wilson. My second pick, like I said, I don't really feel that comfortable picking Dave in a game like this. And even though Dewan Harris, you don't know if he's going to have a game like Missouri where he scores double digits, even if he only gets two points, if it is higher tempo, it probably means more assists for Dewan. And and the one thing that Dewan does do really well scoring-wise is get in transition. And he's mentioned that over the course of the offseason, being a guy who can with another guard on the floor or other guys who can handle the ball, pass up the ball and everything, being a guy who isn't just a a ball handler in those situations and a a facilitator, but being a guy who can get up and transition with his quickness since he's at the top of the defensive rotation most of the time and being the guy who is the beneficiary of that and getting the easy layup, getting the bunny score. So I'm going to take DeWan Harris um, with the next pick in the draft. The other thing here is... If Kansas is able to force turnovers, Dewan is the guy you circle. And just by nature of now, Nevada doesn't get the ball stolen a ton, but you get three points for a steal, and Dewan is the best player getting steals on the team. So I always like having that in your back pocket when you take him. But uh, you have the next two picks. Um, I it's going to be unoriginal, although I think you could argue I should take um, 
maybe a, another guard because the KU may take a lot of shots from outside tonight. But I'm I'm going to go. I've got Ochai and Remy, and I'm just going to go big man and big man insurance. Take David McCormick and Mitch Lightfoot, um, and hope that between the two of them, they feast on some rebounds and get some opportunities there. Um, again, I, I think they're probably more talented than the two big men for Nevada. I think you're right. Christian Brown will probably be the biggest offensive beneficiary of, of them playing two bigs. Um, but I, I think um, if you know, I, I think it's just one of those things where I, I think this, I'm I'm almost honestly going more minutes than anything. I think they both play enough minutes that they that they get something more than maybe Jalen Coleman lands gets um, because I think his limited, his minutes may wind up being limited. Same with KJ Adams, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I, I that was uh, what I was going to do last game when we did the Colorado game. I, I took both because it was just like, you know, one could get in foul trouble or have something go awry, but you feel like at least one of the two of them will give you rebounds and, and points inside and stuff. So, from that standpoint, I, I like that of taking both. It, it's almost like handcuffing yourself in fantasy football. You take uh, the star running back of some team in the first round. We'll try to get his backup later on in the draft in case there's a game where he gets injured. Or, yeah, I mean, one of those guys will not play. Exactly. Right? I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll yes. not play we'll as much play as the other. Yeah. Yeah, 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 one of them should give you 15, 20 minutes. And, and honestly, there could be a situation where both give you a 15, you're, 20 you're, minutes. Yeah, you're hoping those two, well, I'm hoping those two combine for 35 minutes. Yes, That exactly. would be ideal. And so now I have the last pick. I kind of want to, like, I know Jesse said that maybe Zach Clements could have a, a big game against uh, Nevada. And so I'm tempted to go with that. But honestly, I'm going to avoid the the bigs altogether with, with Clements and KJ Adams because I could take either one if I wanted them. Just because it's, it's too much of going into the unknown. Mm-hmm. You don't know, like... There is a chance KJ Adams doesn't play at all tonight. Yeah, exactly. Something like that's going to take foul trouble from somebody or a blowout. Yeah, same thing for Zach Clements. Like, there's a chance he just doesn't play at all tonight. Now, there's a there's a chance as well though that he one plays of in the first play, half. Yeah, and that they play 10, 12 minutes. Yeah, we just don't know. So I'm going to avoid that altogether because I don't want the risk of getting a big zero on the scoreboard for for one of those happening. Which means I'm pretty much between Joe Yesifu and Jalen Coleman lands. Um. It just hasn't happened yet for Joe Yesifu. So I I still do deep down believe that there will be a game out there where Joe Yesifu does go off and Joe Yesifu gives you 14, 15 points off the bench and he ignites you to a big win and he comes in and plays a big spurt of basketball. I do still think that is in there. But I don't think I can bank on it night in, night out. Like it's one of those things where I just say, oh, over the course of the next 20 games, sure, one of them could be a Joe Yesifu game but I'm not going to pick that specific game. It's like if I was picking before the season like the Detroit Lions, I would say, you know, chances are they aren't going to actually lose every single game, but I'm not going to like specifically pick which game they're going to win. So all that said, I'm not going to pick Joey Esfue, which leaves me with Jalen coleman Lance. He'll be my last pick. He'll be the last pick in this thing. It does scare me that there are yep. games where he has, you know, his three games where he has zero points. He has multiple games where he plays four or five minutes. But I think the ability is there that if he hits a three or two, he could get a little longer leash. He could be in there 10, 12 minutes. He could score you six, eight points, get maybe a couple rebounds or something like that. Be efficient. He could not miss shots if he gets hot. Um, up and down game. Maybe it's an opportunity for him to get some transition threes and, and hit a couple. 
Yeah, it, back to the point about Yesterfu. He's almost. I know we do stock the stock market for teams, mm-hmm. um, it, but he's almost a stock you would hold and hold and hold and hold, and then he has his eighteen point night or fifteen point night, and then you sell him. Mm-hmm. Like that. That would be because I I think once that night comes, that's the problem. You, you it's probably coming, but you can't afford to pick him every single night, and then after after it happens, um, it's it's. You know, it's probably not going to happen again. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a, a frustrating thing about it. Well, keep that thought in the back of your mind because when that game, if it does happen for Joe Yesifu, I I know the next day, like that will be conversation of like, is this a breakout for Joe Yesifu? And I think we need to make sure we stay grounded and just say, no, like this was probably bound to happen at some point. Now, if it happens for two or three straight games, then it's another story. Yeah, I mean, o- Ochai, everybody remembers the game where they pulled off his red shirt, and then he just went back to being a... a yeah. I think a lot of people thought Ochai was probably disappointing the year after that after they pulled off his red shirt, but I think more than anything, he was just a fine player who happened to have a fantastic first game. He had the, the first game that was really good again. I think it was TCU, and then he, he followed it up, too. The next game, they were at Texas, and I think he scored 20-something points in that game, and... I remember like seeing people having conversations online. Is this guy going to be a first round draft pick this year? Because in theory, it was like, okay, he's a six five wing who's athletic, who can, you know, have a forty inch vertical and shoot the ball well, and he can get rebounds. Like, why would this guy not be a first round pick? He's basically Ben McElmore reincarnate. Um, that ended up being something we had to slow the roll. And, but, yeah, and the thing was, he was still fine yeah, down but the stretch. now we've gotten to a point with Ochai where it's like, no, like, all, all that's true, yeah, and he's, he's projected he's, to be a first-round pick he's now. He's moving toward lottery, not just mm-hmm. first round. Which is good for him. So anyway, you have Ochai, uh, along with Remy Martin, David McCormick, and Mitch Lightfoot. I have Christian Brown, Jalen Wilson, Dewan Harris, Jalen Coleman-Lands, one point for each point, two points for each rebound and assist, three points for steals and blocks, minus one for missed shots, field goals, and free throws, minus two for turnovers. We will see who comes out on top tomorrow, if there's actually a game, as long as we didn't jinx it again. All right, with Adam Dravada. I just checked Twitter. Still nothing. Okay. Looks like it's still on as of 4.58. I am Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. Depend on it.